Welcome to the Courage Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Wenzel, entrepreneur, glam girl, and karaoke enthusiast. For over 10 years, I've been teaching women how to become more courageous by pressing into fear so they can step into their purpose. Whether it's me at the microphone solo or I'm sharing the stage with incredible guests, I'm committed to bringing you the best while sharing the truth that will set us all free. Time to wake up and stop giving fear all the power. I'm bringing tangible tips for more peace and authenticity while simultaneously giving you an ab workout as we weave in comedic flair. So buckle up because it's time to live your best life. Hey there, welcome back to Courage Queen, where we dig into our pain in order to press through into our purpose. Happy Mother's Day, belated Mother's Day, to the incredible women and moms and motherly figures and women that want to be moms. And gosh, there's just so many different categories that we could speak to. This is a really special time, but it's also a really difficult time for a lot of people. And I just want to publicly put out there that I'm so proud and encouraged and inspired daily by women that just choose to be a light, use their gifts, speak out against things they're seeing, um, use their voice, and also be a mentor and a person that other people can look to for encouragement and for direction and for love and guidance. So thank you so much to all of you incredible moms. This one's for you. Well, this week we are talking about five toxic habits to break or eliminate. And here's the thing. A life filled with these toxic habits is not created by bad luck or circumstance. It's really created by a cycle of these bad habits and a negative mindset. So I want to dig into these. I want this to be a brief episode that you can just take with you with some tangible tips, some great reminders. And so let's just get right into it with number one, being scared to try something new or letting fear guide every decision you make. Here's the thing is I've been asking myself lately after living so many years in fear, I realized that I had often been making decisions through the lens of fear. And so now I often ask myself all the time, am I making this decision through a lens of fear right now or Am I doing this to be informed and to gain confidence? Am I making this decision with confidence and with peace? I think that those are two really important things. How many things would I attempt to do if I wasn't afraid right now? You know, we have to be okay with failing or with situations not going well. We actually have to anticipate that. So we, a lot of times, will not start things We go into avoidance mode. We're so afraid to start because we're afraid to be bad. We're afraid that people will see. We're afraid that it won't meet our expectations or that it'll be different than what we expected. And that kind of fuels our anxiety and our fear of not really knowing or being able to predict what to expect. And a lot of times, maybe we've had a personal experience with uh, something that we're making a decision about or something that we're wanting to try new, and we're basing it off of someone else's experience that they've had. We may be basing it off of just a past fear that's maybe triggering a similar situation. You know, that's like (laughs) choosing to not eat sushi anymore because you had one bad experience. So we have to really open ourselves up to what am I making these decisions through? Is there any rationality um, in making these decisions? And how can I really stretch myself so that I'm not letting fear guide every decision that I make? So that's number one. Number two is complaining excessively. Please, dude, stop it already. (laughs) It's a waste of energy. Whatever you focus on expands. And we've talked about this a lot. But if you are complaining excessively, first off, 
nothing's going to change from just complaining. And I know that you know this, but also no one wants to be around someone who's complaining all the time. To me, I feel like that's a sign of immaturity if somebody will not take personal responsibility and they just want to complain about everything in their life in this victim mindset. And so we have to ask ourselves and say, Am I complaining? Can I harness and be more aware of my thoughts? Can I write down what my most dominant thoughts are? And how can I get to a place where I'm being more action-motivated and more solutions-oriented rather than complaining about my situation? You know, when you feel the need to complain about your situation, again, you have to look in the mirror. You have to ask yourself, what control do I have? What action can I take? And what situation that I'm complaining about right now How does it affect other people? How do we think other people perceive us when we just want to lead with complaining about something that's going on? Because at the end of the day, there's always somebody that has it worse off than you. That's not a topic of conversation that people like to talk about, right? Like, when you're in a conversation with somebody and they are complaining excessively, do you just like totally get annoyed and kind of tune out? Because I feel like that is a natural response. But yet we either join in because misery loves company or we get super annoyed, but we don't actually say anything to shut down the complaining or to put someone in a position where they could be more self-aware. So that is really the second thing is let's stop complaining about everything and anything. That is a victim mentality that is not going to serve you. Number three is unhealthy routines and practices. We are what we repetitively do. And it's not an act, but it is a habit. Checking our phone first thing, consuming too much sugar, like too much time on social media, um, wasteful spending, neglecting emotions. All of these things could be seen as, and, and there's more that we could add to the list, honestly, but those are just some examples that came to mind right now, like of unhealthy routines, practices that we could have in our life. You know, either every single day you're choosing to either do the things that you know will improve your life or you're falling back into the laziness and comfort of the things that are comfortable, the things that you've always done. Most of these choices are little, right? But they tend to build your most basic routine on a daily basis. You have a morning routine, you have an evening routine. What are those specific elements that are in that routine that are either moving you closer to who you want to become or keeping you in a place where you're stuck? So you have to evaluate, how is this working for me? What are my emotions around my routine practices right now? Do I have a a sense of chaos, stress, burnout, fatigue, or do I have more peace and excitement I feel like I'm being very productive. Um, I'm in a place of service. I'm making the world a better place. I'm feeling stronger as a person, and I'm in a place of health. These things really need to be evaluated more consistently to really be able to see, are my unhealthy routines leading me down a negative path that I cannot follow, right? So we have to look at these things constantly. Number four is our crave for approval and validation. This has been built as an addiction to happiness, truly. You know, validation is so powerful. It often really kind of takes over our human mind with the negativity that sets in, and we just need to be weaned off of that. An increase in depression and anxiety, it makes us feel insecure. It makes us feel empty. Like, we need the validation of other people in order to feel like we are a legitimate person, that we are talented and we are wanted and we are seen as being a particular way that we want people to see us. So how do we build internal validation? Well, what are the beliefs that you hold on to about who you are? 
Are you unable to forgive yourself? Which a lot of times I find to be the case. You know, we sometimes talk about how we want to forgive other people, but a lot of times it's have we actually forgiven ourselves for maybe past wrongs, things that we've done? And just recently this week, I was talking with a friend and I was realizing that I'm not the person that I was five years ago. And I realized that there were so many situations with uh, things that I'd went through and friendships and all these different things. And we're going to have an episode coming up on female friendships pretty soon here. But I realized I'd never really forgiven myself for the times that I felt like I was not the person that I wanted to be. And at the time, I didn't know it because maybe I was in unhealthy patterns or maybe it was trauma or maybe it was just I had immaturity at that current time. But you have to look back at those moments and say, am I addressing the moments now? What is my gut reaction? Am I approaching these same type of moments in a same way that I always have? Or have I really grown? And sometimes you got to be proud of yourself and be like, I've actually grown in this. Like I'm no longer, you know, talking about my body in a negative way. You know, are you constantly in groups of friends where you're asking them, you know, someone gives you a compliment, you can't take the compliment, but then you automatically put yourself down. One of the things I've started saying to girlfriends of mine when they try to um, say something negative is I just say, no, I'm, I'm rejecting that. I'm rejecting that negativity that you speak about your body or about who you are, and I'm going to ask you right now to say something positive about yourself that is to be true, and we're going to validate that. We're going to focus on building your confidence in your unique giftings, and this also happens by, again, digging into the things that you are naturally good at and being so confident in those things. Also, it could come from developing a relationship with a higher power that tends to ground you in your existence and your purpose. For me, that's my relationship with God. You guys know it's no secret. But that is where I get my validation from. I crave my approval from him, not from anyone else. And I think it's really easy to fall into these patterns of approval and validation, especially in modes where we don't feel confident about our body. Maybe we've gained a little bit of weight. Maybe we've started going back into some of these negative patterns or we're in a particular relationship that's not good for us. And we fall right back into these patterns of trying to seek validation from other people. Um, It also could be when we're too busy comparing ourselves to other people's lives. And instead of saying, good for them, not for me, we're saying good for them and what's wrong with me or why can't I be in that place? And so we have to look at these things. We have to become more aware in general. Number five is blaming others. Okay, this is a huge one. We need to take personal responsibility. Stop blaming people in your job that you're not where you want to be because they never gave you the raise or they didn't teach you something. Stop pretending like there's things that you don't know. You know, once you stop blaming other people and you take personal responsibility for your actions and your choices and the fact that your life is going to be what you make it, your life becomes infinitely better. I don't know how it couldn't be because honestly, when you are so busy blaming other people for every single thing, you're blaming your spouse, you're blaming your boss, you're blaming your business coach. You know what? They don't make you do anything. They don't make you feel anything. You get to decide. (laughs) So if you are getting trapped in these toxic patterns of feeling like you need to push blame to other people in their situation, you need to say, am I the common denominator of this? Maybe my life is a result of the choices and the toxic behaviors. When you look at everything in your life, your life is a collection of the choices that you make Or as Linda Tupin would say, it is a result of the decisions you allowed other people to make for you. What are those decisions? Have you been dominant? Have you had boundaries? 
What decisions have you allowed other people to make for you? Because again, that is still personal responsibility. You have allowed other people to make those decisions for you because you chose not to have boundaries or you chose not to look at it and say, I have control over this, over this thing, over this action, over this belief. We have control. We have personal responsibility. So as we kind of talk about that, there is a book that is so great. It's called Atomic Habits. And James Clear in this talks about the four stages of developing a habit, no matter if it's good or a bad one. So really, it goes both ways. But the four uh, stages are cue, craving, response, and reward. So let's just unpack these for a second. Cue is every single bit of information that your brain picks up, it's happening all around you. It picks up all this information all around you and it predicts a reward at the end of a specific behavior. And again, this is for good and bad. So it will actually predict a reward. Okay, what's the reward? What are they getting from this? Based on things that you've already done or based on your current environment. Craving is the actual physical or psychological need to have or do something. Okay, so you're like, I need to go spend money, I need to have that cigarette, I need to have this drink. That is the actual craving, whether it's physical or psychological. The response is when we follow the cue, so the information that we're getting, the predicted result, like I'm going to feel better, I'm going to feel more confident, I'm going to feel less sad, I'm going to feel less lonely, maybe. And we use that in a combination with the actual craving and the feel like we need to do something or have something, and we perform the future habit itself. So that's how we respond in the situation. We have two choices. Are we going to do it? Are we not? Are we going to say it? Are we not? Are we going to act on it or not? Are we going to say yes? Are we going to say no? And then we actually come to the reward, which is when we get the dopamine of satisfying the craving in one way or another. Again, positive or negative. Remember, every single situation, every single thing you say yes or no to, every single thing that you bring into your life has a positive or negative response, right? It's a sacrifice one way or the other. So he talks about in his book the four stages of developing these habits and then how to break these habits. And I'm not going to get into this too specifically today, but what I will say to you is if you can take yourself through Coming to a place of awareness, okay, what was the cue that just happened with me? What was the craving? How am I going to respond and what is the reward going to be? I'll use a personal example of literally something I'm experiencing today. Okay, I was taking in information. I felt a little bit stressed. I know that Monday's coming and I know I have a really big week ahead. So I start predicting, gosh, I just wish I had something that was a stress reliever right now. So I started figure thinking to myself, What could the stress reliever be? Well, I kind of really want to go downstairs and get a piece of chocolate. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. My brain was picking up the information. It was predicting she's going to go downstairs. She's going to have a piece of chocolate. She's going to think that it makes her feel better. She's going to feel better for a second. It's going to linger off. Not much is going to come of it. So I had that craving. Like, I need to have a piece of chocolate. This is what I need to do. I then went down to the kitchen, acted on that cue, performed the future habit, grabbed the piece of chocolate. Started noticing within 30 to 45 minutes that that was not going to satisfy me. I should eat an actual meal for lunch. And I hadn't drank enough water today. So I followed through with that future habit. And the reward, honestly, was that I had that little bit of excitement from the chocolate in the moment. It maybe satisfied my craving, but then it totally dropped 
and crashed after that. And I felt like I had a little bit more of a headache. I felt like I was still more exhausted. It literally just gave me such a small amount of reward. And I actually, at this point, I felt worse. So again, that's a small example. But you think about the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward, and how many times we do this without even acknowledging or realizing that we do this in a given day with every single decision that we make. And so we have to be so careful. Like, what are we giving that attention to? Are we really being aware and analyzing these things as they're happening? Or are we just acting based on emotion, which honestly is like 90% of it. We have to have the discipline to overcome the emotion in the moment. So a couple last things that I want to share about this that I think are so important is you need to have a sense of celebration and self-praising as well as accountability, not only to make these changes, but to stay consistent in these changes. And so let's use the example of like every single day that you don't smoke, you don't drink, you choose to have a better meal, uh, you choose a new thought or a way to improve mentally as you look at a situation. You are working on your dreams and making plans and making calls for your business instead of mindlessly watching reality TV shows, right? (laughs) Every day that you decide to do this is a huge personal growth win. So whatever you need to do, you need to find what works for you. Are you going to use a tracker? Are you going to celebrate your days? You know, I know I, and I hope that my sister is okay with me sharing this, but my sister, Tracy, has been a huge inspiration to me. She was struggling with alcohol and realized that it was something in her life that she needed to get a hold of. And so she celebrated a while back over 100 days of sobriety, and she's using this tracker on her phone to celebrate the days. She's showing it off to friends and family. She's being public about her goal, but she's also replacing some of the things in her life. So she's also in this stage where she is smart enough to know that she can't do it on her own, that she needs, whether it be a higher power, she needs a better circle. She needs to change her go-to places. Her situational criteria needs to change that will bring up the triggers and distractions known to come up that have gotten in the way of maybe her being able to make this decision in the past. She also knows and has the reality of what happens when she does not follow through with this. So that accountability step is huge. We were celebrating. We actually ended up being together when she was celebrating. I believe it was her 100 days which was so exciting. I'm so incredibly proud of her. And if she's listening, Tracy, you are an incredible inspiration to me. I love you dearly. I appreciate your courage. And I just want to say that you are worthy of every amount of celebration and self-praise because you are in a mode now where, again, the reward outweighs um, that level of temptation. You're choosing every single day to change the response. And I think that that is so important and it's so huge. And it's something that we take for granted a lot of times when we're looking at the situations that we're in. Oh, it's just, you know, one piece of chocolate. Oh, it's just one drink. And how does it end? Does it ever really benefit us or does it keep us chained in fear and in negative habits and in a life that we know doesn't serve us? And in a life that we know that God does not want us to live chained to these addictions. And gosh, there's just so many of them. But anyways, I want to leave you with that short message today to kick off your week. I want to ask you to be intentional. I want you to look at your current habits right now. Which of these five do you feel like you could focus on? 
I'm not going to say focus on every single one of them. I think that we have to unpack it and unfold it as the days come. But I'm going to ask you to pick one thing, whether it's on this list or maybe you've been convicted in the moment of listening to this. And maybe God's kind of reminded you of something that you tend to do. And he's asking you to look in the mirror, shining the light on it and saying, don't be afraid to look at this. But you're feeling just a little bit like, yeah, I probably should address that. We know what those things are. We have those gut feelings if we really listen within and really feel our body and why we do certain things because of loneliness, because we feel rejected, because we feel like we're not enough. But at the end of the day, it takes courage to press on in the midst of all of that. So I hope that this serves you well this week. Go out there and freaking kick Monday in the face. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm saying right now. And I just pray that you are blessed all over this week with holy surprises that you would be convicted in a positive way that you could move forward and really make those small changes that overflow into every area of your life. Have a great week, you guys. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories for people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up.